Create, connect, communicate. Create, connect, communicate. Magical, enigmatical, gift of gab, super, natural, story, from the space Come, well lit. Okay, sounds good. All right, so <laughs> here we go. We'll put that away. Are you ready? Yes. <laughs> I'm ready. <laughs> I hope. <laughs> I think you're ready. I think you were born ready. Let's wing it. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Okay. So we will get this party started now. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Firelight Chats. We are here in the Space Lab in Da'an, Taipei, Taiwan, with a very special guest. And... <laughs> Two days after a very special day here in Taiwan, two days ago, it was National Day. So mm -hmm. we are going to celebrate Taiwan with <laughs> Miss Taiwan herself. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> Jia Wu, otherwise known as Ruby, mm -hmm. welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. <laughs> yes, of course. Uh, Ruby is the sister of one of my favorite students on the planet. I have a lot of <laughs> students I love, but uh, she is the sister of one of my favorite students who is listening in most likely from the Philippines. Yep. Yeah, in his secret hideout in the Philippines. So shout out to Eldon. Hello, Eldon. Hello. Hello, brother. <laughs> Ruby has a background in architecture. Mm -hmm. uh, she is also preparing yeah. for an important test. So we will hopefully get into architecture, art, other kind of things like this, and then just talk about life and Taiwan and the world and buildings. <laughs> I'll do my best. <laughs> so welcome, welcome, Ruby. How are you today? I'm doing good. Thank yeah. you. Good, 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 good. <laughs> so speaking of uh, National Day, how was your National Day? It was ordinary. <laughs> day off is always good. Yeah. Yep, families uh, with us and everything is fun. It's mm. fine. How do you feel? about national day we're going deep immediately whoa so. yeah <laughs> well i don't really go into politics that much but you know <laughs> when you have experience in a lot of countries with different peoples you know sometimes it's easier not to talk about it <laughs> mm, yeah it could get sensitive right yeah 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 your brother and i were actually talking about that last night mm -hmm. about his feelings of national day especially living now as uh, as we mentioned in another country in yeah. the philippines so he has some interesting thoughts and ideas you know really kind of, yeah when i was second grade one of the chinese students asked me about what i stand for with the relationship between china and taiwan i was like just go check on the history i don't i have nothing to say <laughs> Oh, yeah. snap. Because I don't really want to talk about it. I don't want to have any conflict with anyone. Right. Yeah. So yeah. 
look it up yourself yep <laughs> figure it out yourself do some research yep <laughs> and you'll figure out all you need to know mm-hmm. <laughs> don't ask me about it <laughs> <laughs> nice okay so let's talk about your life here in taiwan you also grew up in a very famous family can i say i guess yeah famous and and some way <laughs> 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 yes, your family owns a famous Taiwanese company or a powerful Taiwanese company. Yeah, pretty big company. Um, I never really thought about my family being special or bigger, famous in a way. But I guess because my parent is pretty, can I say protective in that way? Mm, mm-hmm. Yeah, we're like a lot of things in our life. I feel like we're normal, like financially, we're we're not as spoiled in that way. And they always support what we like to do and what we decide to do. They never really interface with us. So I guess that's lucky. And now career wise, Mm. maybe because I'm a female, I don't know what my brother thinks, Mm. (laughs) but they're they're pretty, (laughs) they're not controlling. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I guess... And a lot of the family that has bigger or family-owned company, a lot of their kids with their professional life and their decisions in life, they will most likely be controlled, but I guess right. not. Right, they'll not put a mine. lot of pressure. Yeah, so I'm pretty lucky in that way. Yeah, exactly. Because, you know, we know the Fuardai, right? The, yep. the rich, spoiled, second-generation uh, <laughs> families. But I think that's why your family's quite special and different and yeah. very unique in Taiwan because uh, your brother and you, of course, are fourth generation. Yeah. Right. So it's a very long legacy and yeah. it's just a different kind of level, actually, a different kind of history. Right. Mm-hmm. Pretty complicated, I think. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> OK, so I think your educational journey is also really interesting. You studied abroad, which we will get to in yeah. a bit. But before that, what about your kind of school life and education here in Taiwan? Well, when I said my parents is really not controlling and just support what we like to do. So maybe because I'm the youngest, I have a lot of thoughts on what what I like to do and they always support. So in middle school, I went to an art special class in a private school. I don't know why, but I decided not to go with music. For high school, I went for art. So I went to a art high school in Taiwan, which at that time, I guess is pretty famous. Fuxing Art and Trade School. That's the English name, I think. Okay. Yeah, so it's three-year, like normal high school, but we only have PE once a week, and we don't have a lot of other curriculums. Math, Chinese, everything is super basic. When we're taking tests, they just give us bullet point and we just have to memorize it. So everything is focused on art, on the special technique, basic techniques, make everything super grounded and technical. Huh, yeah. that's interesting. So all those other majors, it's like get them out of the way as quickly yeah. as possible. Yeah. And then focus on art. Yep. So even <laughs> senior year, I even sleep through all those normal curriculum thing. So I just have to wake up to do my projects and we do from 7 to maybe 10 p.m. for senior year. So everything is just for the final project for me because I at that time I already decided not to go with the Taiwanese university. Mm. So I let go of all the studying stuff. Oh, right. Because that's a huge pressure here, right? Yeah, yeah. Is if you're trying to go to like Taita or like... Yeah, like like the normal national college that people think would get a better job with. I don't think I could get in with Mm. the curriculum that we're taking. Right. Yeah. So 
Did you know this, like, as soon as you entered or even before you entered, you kind of gave up the hope of going to a Taiwanese university? Or is it kind of the opposite way where you actually had dreams of studying in the States or any other country abroad? I think as soon as I entered the high school. But maybe it, it's after I went as an exchange student. Maybe. I'm not sure when, but I knew I always wanted to study either interior design or architecture. But the high school let me know I wanted to take architecture instead. Mm. Then so I just everything focused on technique, drawings, whatever, everything. And Whoa, then, that's actually pretty impressive that you were able to kind of figure out your path that early. Like you said, you knew you wanted to study architecture actually at this high school. You figured it out. Yeah. But where do most of the graduates from that high school, where did they go or where do they usually go in what kind of fields? Like, do they specialize in like fine arts or interior design or There's, music or? Because the school separate into three or four major. And then in those bigger major is separate into eight different smaller parts. Hmm. So I took the spatial like interior design Major. Class? Major, yeah. Okay. So every, well, not everyone comes out from that class, go into interior design or architecture. Some mm. people decided they just wanted to do like commercials. Some people went to even like cars design. My friend went into Toyota okay. to design. And then a few of them went to, you know, 2Ds and mm. yeah, all kinds. So it doesn't really mean when you pick interior design in high school, you have to go with that route. Right. A lot of people from my school even went and become a tattoo artist because they're so Ooh. good at drawings. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. A lot of them. It's actually exterior design. Yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> They went from that interior to the, to, the, to the skin, the yep. exterior design. Yep, that works. <laughs> That's pretty awesome. Unless they're like tattooing in the mouth or something like that. Oh, I'm then not like, sure. Maybe they are. This was my interior design <laughs> training. <laughs> Fine art. Exactly. How did you get into that major? Because, you know, a lot of schools and countries work where you get a certain score and then you can go to a certain school or even like yeah. a department or a major. Right. But this is high school. Yeah. Was, was this similar for you? I mean, when you got into this high school, first of all, was there some kind of testing requirement? Yeah. And did that score dictate, you know, which kind of majors you could go into? Yeah, I, it's just normal, like the Taiwanese testing for middle school to go in high school, we have to take a test. And then with that score, you get to pick school. I didn't really study that much because I was playing music in middle school. So I, I got pretty low score. So I went into the technical area of the, of the options. So I went to the art high school. And then with that, I can just pick from those four or five bigger major and I picked the more hands-on art portion. And then second year, you get to use your, I think, overall score for your first year. And then you pick your the smaller major within that bigger major, if that's clear. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <laughs> so that you have to fight for. Because they separate into 50 student a class, 50 student a class. Then everyone is sitting in order according to their score. And then the teacher will come in and say, oh, so who wants to go to the interior design class? Then everyone has to stand up if they want to go in there. And then they will start taking people out from the list. So the more popular major is the spatial interior design, okay. product design. The first two you have to fight for every single year. Everyone very wants to get in. Yeah, very okay. competitive. 
Oh wow! So you had to fight at that time. Yeah, you have yeah. to study hard for your first year in Naval for you to get your to get into that kind of major. And, yeah, right. Yeah. Secure that spot. In yep. Interior slash spatial. Yep. Design. I see. Yeah, you mentioned at the outset about it was a surprise that you didn't go into music, but I see. <laughs> so you actually kind of grew up with like a musical background and training, or what? Well, yeah, I think like a lot of Asian. Mm-hmm. Stereotype that their parents force them to learn pianos, violins, everything like that. <laughs> so <laughs> we learned pianos when we were little, and then I learned saxophone in elementary school. Oh, cool! Yeah, so I think sixth grade, I just told my parents I don't want to go to a normal school. I want to take music professional class. So I just went there and studied for three years, <laughs> and mm. then decided not to go on anymore. <laughs> right, and just totally left music behind. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. So it's not even a part of your life anymore. No. Wow. <laughs> If I pull out a saxophone right now, you can't just bust out. I can play notes, but I cannot play songs anymore. <laughs> oh wow! Okay, you really left it behind. Yep. <laughs> okay. So you also mentioned briefly about studying abroad. Yeah. So during this high school stint, it's three years, right? Three years. Okay. You actually had a chance to go abroad. Yeah. So my father, he's a Rotary. Member,、mm, Rotary Club. Yeah, and a lot of their kids. I think at that time, the kids of the members they can apply to go abroad through the program. So I picked America, and then I got assigned to go to South Carolina. Hmm. Yep, a really countryside place. <laughs> yes. So your high school in Taiwan is actually in. It, in Taipei, it's in New Taipei City. In New Taipei City. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So you went from New Taipei City to. South Carolina. Yeah. In your second year of high second、school. year. Okay, in your second year of high school. Yeah. Where in South Carolina did you go? Uh, Simpsonville, Greenville. Simpsonville, Greenville, South Carolina. Yep. Shout out to Simpsonville. <laughs> All those Simpsonville fans out there listening. Hello, yeah, hello. Hello. Haven't <laughs> <laughs> been back for. Whoa. Twelve years. Wow. So, what was that like? Was that your first time in the states? It was. So I was in shock. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when my yeah, when my host family came and picked me up from the airport, they asked me, "Do you imagine America to be what you're seeing right now?" I was like, "No. I thought everything is gonna be like New York,、right. higher buildings." <laughs> But all then, these movie stars walking on the sidewalk. Yeah. But no, nothing. Really? Nothing、Simpsonville、like that. Simpsonville is not like that. Mm-mm. <laughs> Yeah, nothing like that. <laughs> wow. Okay. So first, what about your English at that time? I can understand basic words because in Taiwan we have English class since we're elementary school, I believe. And my family is pretty focused on for us to take English class outside of school. So basic vocabulary I'm okay with, but like speaking, reading, it's a little bit hard. But then everyone who's hosting an exchange student, I guess they know they have to speak、mm. slowly, so that helps. Yeah. So when when I arrived there, my English wasn't that good,、mm. but everyone is super welcoming. That helps. Okay. So. You are now in Simpsonville and entering what is it sophomore year of high school? Junior year. Okay, you because I was sixteen, seventeen years old. I see. Okay,、yeah. so you're entering junior year in an American high school. Yep. And you said it was a huge shock. The culture shock was big. Yeah, even picking class, it was so different than the school here in Taiwan. Other than the basic classes, I get to pick like ceramic class. 
drama class, everything is just so different than what I experienced here hmm. in Taiwan. What does that mean? Does that mean like, was it more freedom? Yeah, oh, okay. a lot more. Yeah. Yeah, and then I think the first day of school, I was in shock because you have to switch classrooms, and mm. everyone was in the hallway walking towards your next class. I was like, "Where should I go?" Because oh I don't God, know. Where's everyone going? Yeah, and I, I have no friends. I don't know how to speak English. <laughs> oh, okay. So I guess we have to explain what about in Taiwan? Why was that so different? In Taiwan, it's basically all fifty classmates. They stay in one class, so. The whole year, everyone, maybe the whole three years, all the classmates stays the same. Wow! The teacher comes into your classroom and teach different subjects, oh, so we so don't have to move. <laughs> oh, you guys are spoiled in Taiwan. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> like little kings yeah. and queens. <laughs> the teacher so like comes teachers, to us. <laughs> come teach us. Yeah. <laughs> we will learn maybe if you're good. Yeah. Or I'll sleep. You know. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. That's probably more like it, right? Mm -hmm. In high school, <laughs> yeah, you have this new experience of actually having different periods,、yeah. right? The bell rings, and like,、mm -hmm. uh oh, I have to go somewhere else. Yeah. And how did you figure that out? Well, I forgot already, but maybe <laughs> I really, I really forgot. Maybe I blocked it out. Just following, yeah, <laughs> block out those、yeah. horrifying anxiety-inducing、yeah. memories. Yeah, <laughs> and I guess picking class was fun because、mm. I was supposed to be a junior, but then I was trying to experience life in there. So I picked the freshman class of algebra first. Oh, <laughs> yeah. So that's I, so not fair as yeah, an Asian. I know, and I was gonna say because <laughs> everyone was doing algebra with calculator. I was, I was You're using your Asian yep, calculator in yep, your brain. Yeah, I'm. I'm <laughs> I'm keeping my Asian stereotype with math. You know,、right. Everyone, when we're taking tests, everyone was using calculator to calculate those questions. Yeah, yeah, equations. I just I finished first. I use it without calculator, and they were like, "Wow, you're a genius. <laughs> you're an alien." But I cheated. I was 17, and they were 15. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh、uh, yeah, so you are seventeen. Oh, I see, because you took a freshman. Yeah, I guess they're、class. easy on me, so I get to pick whatever classes. But then I think the exchange program kind of asked us to take U.S. history. Hmm. And that was hard. I got F, and then the school called my host parents and be like, "Ruby needs a little more help <laughs> on、no、the U.S. history." Yeah, so my my host dad has to tutor me. Oh, oh my god,、wow. that was hard. That's funny. Yeah, it was hard. He's probably freaking out too. Like, oh no, I don't remember. <laughs> I don't、I'm、remember、sure. our history. <laughs> was、yeah. he a good tutor? I I blocked it out. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's a code word. If she blocked it out. We know what that means. Yep, <laughs> it was hard. <laughs> huh? Okay. So, what other things did you kind of discover in this year in South Carolina? What were some interesting memories or things that you haven't quite fully blocked out yet? Oh yeah, <laughs> I guess maybe for a lot of us who went abroad, we were forced to just join a a native family. So I decided that I wanted to experience a lot of the sports that you see in the movies. Okay. Yeah, so I signed up for a soccer team in my high school,、mm. and I do not exercise at that time. I hated exercising, <laughs> so even the tryout week, I cannot go through the whole week. Even tryouts. Yeah. You were dying. Yeah. 
I was dying. You have to run up and down with the stadium seat, the seating, and it was hard. Yeah. So I quit halfway, <laughs> but then my host family signed me up for the YMCA soccer team. So I play soccer with middle schools. <laughs> no, you were just cheating your whole time there. No, but yeah, <laughs> just to experience. <laughs> That's amazing, actually. Yeah, but then, but then I got I got hurt because I don't exercise, right? So the first soccer game, I wore my glasses on, and then for some reason, I decided I wanted to headbutt the ball. Yeah, and I was I'm. Small. I'm only five feet, 150 centimeter, right. and the opponent's team has a pretty tall girl. So mm. both of us jump at the same time to hit the ball. Yeah, I'm not sure if I got hit by the elbow or the ball. <laughs> <laughs> I really don't know. But then my my glasses lens broke in half, and it cut my eyelid. Oh yeah, right. Yeah. So you still have scars. Yeah, pretty big scars. Ooh, that's nasty. So yeah. during that soccer game, your glasses broke and yeah. you were like bleeding everywhere. Yeah, your my face jersey. was like a bloody mess. Yeah, I don't know if I went to emergency room or just regular hospital. Right. But yeah, it was. It was a mess. It was traumatic. It was quite a scene. Yeah. So that's another of our common interests, which is the UFC. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Which is blood. Yeah. And so maybe that was, that's your that's earliest inspiration yep. <laughs> to fighting. <laughs> yeah, I felt with the either elbow or ball, soccer ball. No one knows. Right, right. Let's just say elbow. Yeah, now, we'll just change the story. Let's just say so elbow from now on. So it fits the UFC on. more. It's like the UFC. It's okay. like, boom, you got an elbow to the eye. Well, then I, I lost for my first game. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You were 0-1. Yeah, the high schooler with the middle schooler. Right. <laughs> uh, yeah it's a different weight class yep it's a younger grade but a bigger weight bigger class girl. yeah yeah confusing mm -hmm. complicated how to match make age that doesn't fight. matter exactly <laughs> huh okay any other memories from high school or from this year in south carolina I guess one of the things I wanted to talk about that we kind of talked about briefly before mm. that comparing because I went to the art school here, right? So I wanted to say something about my high school. Mm. Nothing bad. <laughs> so I said my, my high school is more of a training for the technical side, right? Mm. So so this is the Taiwanese high school. Yeah, the Taiwanese okay. high school, the art school. Okay. So um. Let me think about how I'm supposed to say this. <laughs> oh, that, that sounds fun. Yeah, she no. didn't block this part out. Well, no, <laughs> it was memorable. So hold on. This is after one year in South Carolina and then you came back yeah. to this high school yeah. in New Taipei City as a senior now? As a second year and third year. So I guess junior and senior. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So I paused my, my Taiwanese high school. Oh, after first year I so they see. hold my Your position spot, my basically. spot yeah and I, after the year i came back to do the, the second rest and of third it. yeah oh that's interesting yeah so i'm cheating again so i'm older a year older to, within right. yeah. <laughs> cheating my whole life <laughs> hanging out with younger kids exactly. <laughs> that sounds wrong <laughs> Oh, that's, yeah, that's super interesting. Okay. Mm -hmm. So yeah, coming back to your high school. Yeah. That must've been even maybe something of a reverse culture shock, you know, after spending yeah. a whole year in this totally different world and totally different rules and totally different system, culture, language, everything. And then coming back. Yeah. How did you feel? In my personal experience from both sides, Taiwan's and America, 
I feel like Taiwan's education, maybe plus my personality, I'm more strict towards myself. Okay. So creative thinking wise, I'm more constrained. But even in high school, I feel like since they're trying to prepare us for more technical stuff, mm -hmm. so everything was by rule, or the teacher will control what you do in a sense. One memorable stuff is because senior year we have to be group in 10 and we have to do one project together. And when we're taking naps, we take naps in, in the middle of the day, you know, <laughs> when we're taking naps, when I woke up. <laughs> wait, 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 hold on, hold on. <laughs> time out. Time oh, yeah, out. yeah. You don't do that in, in, in America. <laughs> oh, my God. Wait, we do it in the States, but in oh, like do you? preschool. Oh, <laughs> I'm serious. Like in preschool and kindergarten. Are you serious? Yeah, you, we you get take to take naps, naps in high school. Yeah, after lunch, we have one period for a nap. 40 minutes or an hour, I forgot. That's amazing. I didn't realize that. Yeah. I don't think I've ever heard that before. Really? Or I blocked that out of well, my Well, Elden, you're supposed to tell. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Elden, I'm going to ask you about nap time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So this is every high school in Taiwan yeah, as far yeah. as you know? Really? Yeah. But I guess it makes sense now because as we also know, Taiwan and many Asian countries are very infamous for this is having like a ridiculous long yeah. schedule from like 5, 6, 7 a.m. until like 9, 10, 11 p.m., right? Yeah, yeah. So that makes sense. It's crazy. Yeah. So you woke up from your nap? One day I woke up from my nap. I saw a folded paper, a note on my desk. Hmm. It was my instructor telling me to change our whole group's project to this. Oh. So we have to scrap whatever that we did for maybe a week or two. Oh, wow. Yeah, and then change it to, to the other subject. But I guess for now to think about it, it's better. The direction that he gave us has more, well, not easier, but then more, it can be more controlled. Mm. Yeah, so... I guess it's good and more more resource to use, I think. Huh, okay. But at that time, you felt really frustrated or... A little frustrated because mm. I, I was the leader of that group and I have to tell everyone that I got the paper and then we have to change everything. We have to start the research all over again. But then the end result was nice, but was pretty good, so... Okay. Yeah. Do you remember what was the original project and then what did it change to? The original, because we're spatial design, so you can pick if you want to do interior or architecture. The initial was we decided to do something related to architecture because our idea was because bigger city was already so occupied with buildings. If we want to add new things in our idea, we're going to do it as a parasite. So it's to clean on other stuff, other existing buildings. Mm. But then I guess that's a little more conceptual than yeah, realistic. Exactly. Yeah. As an American, it's like, wow, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. As my as my college we're gonna talk about later, they're gonna be like, wow, do it. <laughs> exactly. That was the college you went to. But yeah. We'll get to that. Yeah, so that was our idea. And then later we changed it to bathroom design. So we have to study and try to learn how to design a bathroom with one single unit. We just have to place it in. And it ended up just being a conceptual bathroom toilet whatever design mm, yeah that's super interesting right because this parasite idea super conceptual yeah there are almost no limits right i yeah, mean it's all no of limit. taiwan that you could figure out how to yeah. parasite you know mm -hmm. but then 
this one it's like okay it's too big you guys are high school kids yeah. this is taiwan let's go small <laughs> yeah and in the bathroom i guess do uh, what you want because the, the first day of my senior year the teacher asked everyone to stand up and talk about their backgrounds their family mm. and then i wasn't i wasn't going to say anything about my family my background what my family do but then i don't know why but he keep asking me questions so in the end he f- he figured out that my family is with that company and i guess that's a big factor of why he changed it to that no way topic. Yeah. I, yeah i just made that connection too yeah. But I guess more resources for me because the dimensions and everything, even the final exhibition, we get to bring in tubs, toilet, everything like that into to the showroom. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. Okay, so for the audience who might be a little confused right now, the, <laughs> the family business, as we mentioned, is related to toilets yeah. and ceramics and yeah, other ceramics kind of stuff. products, right? So. Mm-hmm. So that's funny. The teacher actually pulled that out of you. Yeah. And you think that's actually the reason why he's I like, think so. go to the bathroom. Mm-hmm. I think so. I think, I think that's hundred percent why he does it. It ended up good. It ended up pretty good. Yeah. Hmm. We got second place. So it was fun. I see. Yeah. Okay. Any other differences that you noticed between the high school experience, albeit short, right? It was mm-hmm. only one year and maybe not the full American high school experience, but any other differences or maybe even similarities that you noticed between the American high school experience and the Taiwanese one? I guess I can only think about the differences. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, it's just really generic. They're more free. They're not bounded with any curriculum pressure, I think. Right. In that way. Yeah. Mm. It's more of American football game, the rally, mm-hmm. pep rally. Yeah, well, the pep rally. Everything that I remember is all the more chill stuff. Right. All yeah. the fun stuff. The yeah. extracurricular stuff. Yeah. Not the curriculum. No. <laughs> the extracurricular <laughs> stuff. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> So did you experience prom? Oh, yeah, I forgot. Now you mentioned it. Because <laughs> that's also very extracurricular and yeah. also super American. Yeah, super American. So I'm guessing most Taiwanese probably wouldn't fully understand prom, right? Because yeah. you just see it on movies or something yeah, like this. Yeah, only movies. Or, so- or if you're at TAS or something like this <laughs> up in the hills. So fortunately, I entered the high school with junior. I think the prom is only for junior and senior. Right. If you're a freshman and sophomore, you have to get invited by the upper grade. Since all the classes that I took was freshman and sophomore. Right. So I have no other friends to go with. So I asked my host family sister to go with me, the younger oh, sister. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Okay. And the school is mainly white, only a few other races, people. And mm. then that, that year, the theme of the prom is Chinese New Year. <laughs> and I have no clue because I know no one from my grade or senior. So I don't know the theme. I only know the date. So I bought a dress <laughs> and I went into like when I step into the, the auditorium. OK, I was shocked. There's <laughs> dragons. There's no. Yeah. Way. I was like, oh, my God, no one told me I should have wear my cheap house, the Chinese yeah, dress. Exactly. <laughs> but then I wear a super like American dress. Yeah. I'm having this American experience. I'm yeah. going to prom. Nope. And your first and only ever experience with prom was a Chinese prom. Yeah. <laughs> Chinese <Yep>. prom. <laughs> in South Carolina. In South Carolina. In an extremely white environment. Yeah. That is hilarious. I think the whole school, like when I walked through the school for that year, I only seen one or two Asians. 
Huh. Yeah, so with the prom theme, I can never guess it's Chinese New it's Year. Chinese <laughs> <laughs> and I missed all my chance to be a cool to, kid in school. <laughs> exactly. That's your one regret in life. Yeah. Is yeah. not having your chi pao ready. Yeah, for real. I didn't, I, that, I regret it so much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man so you don't know why they chose this theme no idea it's such a random theme yeah like why <laughs> i have no idea no one told me <laughs> <laughs> i know the only representative yeah. in the school from a chinese region yeah but no nope they didn't let you know nope and they were expecting you to show up with your chi pao but yep no one no one <laughs> <laughs> Huh. Okay. So now we are back in Taiwan and you graduate from this art school. Mm -hmm. Did you immediately kind of start applying, I guess, even before you graduate, but did you start applying to universities abroad and where were you looking? Uh, no, I took a year off to study for TOEFL, the English test mm, okay. for international student, And I, I work as a, a English assistant in Buxiban. Oh, really? Yeah, to help managing first grade kids for international teachers. At a cram and, school. At a cram school. Yeah, 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 I see. So took this year off and worked at a Bushibang and yeah. then studying TOEFL. Yeah. Okay. So after a year, I started to apply college university in the US. So like I said, I focus everything on architecture major. Right. So I went Google and see what's the ranking of the architecture undergrad for US. So I applied every single one on it. Right. Yep. <laughs> Since my English is not perfect, uh, my TOEFL score is was actually pretty low. Okay. So it was a, a little hard for me to apply. But then I end up getting the second ranking at that year. Ooh. So SciArc is where I went, yes. where I attend for architecture major undergrad. Okay, so SciArc, the Sci Institute of Architecture in Los Angeles. In Los Angeles, California. Downtown. Yeah. Downtown, Little Tokyo. Yeah, Little Tokyo, yeah. art district. Art district, <laughs> wow. So what was the number one university at that time? Huh, I forgot. Either, oh, I think maybe, out. yeah, blocked it out too. <laughs> but I know the list has Cal Poly. Oh yeah, Cal Poly, Cal Poly is the foundation of SciArc, right? The history. I believe SciArc was founded by yeah, a one bunch of, the, of Cal Poly people yeah. who kind of ran away from Cal Poly. I don't know if they ran away, but then yeah, mm. they, they're somewhat related. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Cal Poly has a really great architecture program. Yeah, and then I think other school that was on the ranking was University of Texas Austin, maybe. Oh wow, really? Okay. I think so because I applied for them. Uh, don't don't block it out. <laughs> yeah, blocked it out. It out. <laughs> All the school that I didn't accept didn't me. Didn't get into. No. Blocked it out. Yeah. Sarah gets the only one. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> okay, so that anyway was your second choice. So you were very happy to get yeah. into SciArc. Yeah. Okay. So by going through the SciArc website, you'd see. Their style is different, even different than Cal Poly. So I was super excited to go and to learn about what I can do in that school in terms of architecture. Mm. Yeah, so I went there in 2013 yeah, as freshman. What is this school like for people who might not know? Because it's not it's not one of those big name, big schools, right? Yeah, it's, it's not. kind of known as this smaller, avant-garde, yep. conceptual <laughs> kind of school, right? 
I was in shock when I arrived to the campus because I guess you will imagine schools in America like the movie again, right? Like University bigger, of Texas. Yeah, like bigger <laughs> grass, people laying on it. You know, yeah, <laughs> all those stereotypes. The big campus. Yeah, a lot of people walking around holding books. But mm. no, our school is one long building. There's only two stories. Oh, yeah, and it's long. It's long from one side to the other. I guess we have to walk five minutes. Oh、Maybe. wow! So a lot of people they just use skateboard in school. Inside, like the main hallway. Yeah, inside the hallway. Because our hallway is one really long strip. One side is all blank walls for us to, you know, put our work on and for critiques and stuff. Oh, cool. And the other side is studio, so you can just use your skateboard for the whole thing. Not the campus building. <laughs> <laughs> the campus, which is the building. Yep. <laughs> Did you skateboard? I I tried to I bought a penny board but I'm really bad at it so I gave it to my friend <laughs> I gave up. <laughs> so you had to be a poor person walking、yep. through the hallways. Yep. While people are skating by you. Yep.、Wow. I have to let them pass by. <laughs> so does Cyark have majors or departments and if so which one did you enter or what was kind of your concentration of study? Sark, it's mainly architecture. So undergrad and grad, there's only one subject, one major, and one class each year. And then only postgrads, you get to have、um, something like urban design, coding for architecture, and maybe、mm. there's one that's in for entertainment. So you design, you use three D software to design a set or conceptual for animation and things like that. Cool. But, yeah. So other than postgrad, everything else is only architecture. So it's really a pure architecture school. Yeah. Really small. Only fifty students per year per okay. class. Okay. Wow. So pretty tight. A tight community. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, what was this experience like? It was tiring. <laughs> It was fun. It was tiring. The school opens twenty four seven, even holidays, summer, winter. It never closed. You can see students in there all the time. There's one guy that I met next to our studio. I think he's a graduate student. I never seen him leave the school. <laughs> and I heard, I heard he has his whole closet in his car, and he just go, he just sign up for a gym and shower in gyms. Oh no way! Yeah, that's crazy. I never, I don't know him, but I heard it from other people that he just, he never pay rent. He just pay for a gym membership and then Ooh, get a car. Smart. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty smart. Yeah, with real estate prices. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. It's there. gonna be more common, I think.、Mm-hmm. People are gonna hear this secret and、Uh-oh. yeah, learn from the legend of Cyark, the legendary、yeah. student. But you actually had an apartment. I yeah, I live around Little Tokyo. I lived in Little Tokyo for the whole seven and a half years. I was there. You spent seven and a half years there. Yeah, five、okay. years school and two and a half, almost three years working. Okay, so what was the most difficult part of this college experience? Um, I guess creative wise. Oh, interesting. Yeah, so bring it back to my personality <laughs> and personality education. Personality and then the educational background or、yeah. the cultural background. Yeah. So a, a lot of the my classmates they. Came out straight from their "quote unquote" regular high school, so I feel like they're they're more free creativity wise. But then every start of the semester, I struggle for weeks before I come up with something that I satisfied.、Mm. Yeah, so every year I suffered, but it was fun. Five years, I had passion with architecture. That's why I can go through the whole five years with that, and then end up working in LA. Yeah, right、Afterwards. away. So. 
looking back on this, do you think that creativity is something that anyone can learn? And if so, how did you kind of manage to find more creativity? The school teach you process of coming up with designs. There is a sentence, a thing online saying there's no new stuff. Everything is coming from what you see and you combine and change it. Exactly. Right? Steal like an artist. Yep. There is no new stuff that you can create. You get to create because everything is whatever you see. So you get to twist it. You get to do it. Make it your own. So the school teach you to take existing building, the precedent, and then you learn their plans, their design process, their concepts, and then you started to turn from that. So you're just trying to see what their techniques is and then kind of trying to figure it out yourself. Exactly. I tell my students that all the time where creativity is not something special. Yeah, there's nothing new. <laughs> yeah. And a lot of times it's just hard work. Yeah. It's, it's actually a process and yeah. it is a lot of hard work and research and due diligence and just putting in those hours, right? And yeah. just tweaking things. I think you can little. learn, but more aesthetic wise, you have to, you have to learn too. That takes more time. Right. Yeah. Do you remember like when it kind of clicked for you that like, oh, this is creativity or like, oh, this is a different way to look at, you know, the world or my work or other kind of things. Did you have this kind of moment, this aha moment, or do you think it was more of a, just a gradual kind of understanding? I think it's a gradual understanding. You won't see how special your own project is until the presentation. For mm. me, because throughout the whole process of designing drawings and preparing for the presentation, personal-wise, you don't really see the whole picture until everything is there. And combined with your presentation, everything will falls in line. So yeah. I guess it's gradually. So you mentioned during that kind of final time, the presentation, you also mentioned uh, skateboarding through the hallways and <laughs> one of the walls is blank for you guys to be able to put up, you know, your work for yeah. the, the crits, right? The critiques. Can you explain a bit about that process? Because I think that's a very unique thing in especially kind of art schools, right? This yeah. process. I think that's a good part of seeing different grades and different undergrad, grad school and even postgrads. You get to see what everyone is doing. So when you walk through, you see their presentation, see their drawings, not to compare yourself with them, but to see what other people's creativity at. To yeah. be inspired too, in yeah. a lot of ways. Yeah, so throughout the whole semester, we do little critiques. So the instructor will ask you to put whatever drawing you have, either if it's unfinished, you put it on the wall and then he will mark on it. You have to do a little presentation. And then midterm finals, the whole class will divide into groups. And mm. other people with different instructors will come and sit and listen to your presentation. At least four or five instructors from other grade will come and critique you, give you their opinions on whatever concept you have. Right. Yeah. So it's nice to have all kinds of different directions. Yeah. In that sense, since our school is pretty conceptual, a lot a lot of the instructors are more conceptual than more like apartment buildings that you see nowadays in Taiwan. Right. Right. Yeah. So you you get to have different comments. Right. Yeah. A lot of different perspectives. Yeah. Feedback perspectives. from a lot of different angles, yeah. and you felt like that really helped you to kind of broaden your horizons. Yeah, it does. It kind of let you know because our thesis, you have to pick instructors for undergrad they only give us four options mm. but they, they all have different styles so before our thesis we get to think about what topic we wanted to do what we're interested in, and then based on that we get to pick out of the four instructors who you want to go with mm. so even before picking them you get to see which instructor suits you more right yeah right. so thesis 
you pick your instructor and you pick your topic and you go in with them for one semester. And then the final presentation, it's throughout the whole school. So the better students get to be in the lecture halls. Oh, wow. It's a huge space, huge walls, really high up. And then they put uh, partitions in between. So it's like a maze mm. you, you go through. And then with the presentation, there's three different groups as well. They invite other architects in. Famous one like Peter Cook, mm. Frank Gary, Tom Main. Gary, wow, 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 wow. Yeah, 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 yeah. Those are huge names, yeah. All those big, big guys those from LA. Starkitects. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. They come in and they critique you with groups moving around the whole school. So it was pretty fun to see. That's cool. It's like a too. gallery. Yeah. They come in and just start critiquing. Yeah. Giving their opinions, their thoughts. Yeah. It was fun. Who was your advisor? Do you remember? And why did you pick that particular one? What was their particular style? And then what was your thesis? The instructor that I picked, there were two instructors as a group. One prepared us for the pre-thesis. Okay. Like we write down essays on what we like to do and do a little experiment and little models for it. And then for the last semester, it's another instructor for our group. Mm. We're the only group that has two instructors. But I picked this group because the preparation work instructor, I had him for maybe third year and i think his style he's really supportive and he's flexible with whatever that you like to do mm. so i picked him i picked the topic that it's uh related to angles light colors angles light colors yeah angles light colors so okay. with these control factors you get to control whatever that you see in the in the room you can erase angle. So it was fun to think about. But then when I go into the the final semester, I struggled a lot. So mm. for midterm, I scrapped everything and start over. Oh, wow. And then yeah. you went with toilet. <laughs> no, <Nope, laughs> okay, not again. You did it, not again. <laughs> so, yeah, so I, I went with a totally different topic. And the fun part is my the topic of my uh, thesis project is single and ready to mingle <laughs> no way i didn't think of that topic my friends <laughs> helped me <laughs> but yeah. it was funny and i was gonna was say cute. your english got better too <laughs> <laughs> because of the mingle part <laughs> yeah. exactly right 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 you're doing a lot of mingling so yep I'm I'm an introvert. <laughs> I don't <laughs> mingle, so that's why. <laughs> no, hold on. So your project changed from this angles, lights, colors to single and ready to mingle. Yeah. Are you serious? Yeah. That's a hilarious name for a final thesis. Yeah, yeah. It was fun. <laughs> but then the, the topic for that mingle thingy <laughs> okay. was to break down the whole mass, uh, existing mass and then break down into different particles and then put them back together. I see. So a mass, meaning a mass of substance, whatever, whatever that is, right? Uh, for this okay. instance, it's one existing building. So oh, the, okay. the site that they gave us, for me, it's a it's an existing museum and we have to build an extension part. So I took down parts of the buildings and then I put it back together with rules, grids, constraints that I set for myself. Wow. That's yeah, we can look up. My portfolio. Oh, <laughs> let's do it. Let's do it. Okay, here we go. Here we go. Hold on one second. Okay, so how do I find it? You can go on issue. I S S U U. I can think. Oh, just okay. It's just the portfolio issue. website. Type in my name. E, ja. There Sec it is. Oh, 2021. 2021. 
Okay. Okay. So now we are looking at Ruby's final <laughs> final presentation. You can find it on issue.com, I S S U U, and just type her name. Oh, cool. This includes my work experience. So go to the last few page that will be my thesis. Okay. Boards. So let's just, wow, I want to go through this. <laughs> <laughs> this is my professional so work. <laughs> these are just all of your, this is basically your portfolio? Yeah, this is my portfolio. Okay. Up until 2021. Yeah. Oh, wow. This is super cool. Whoa. Impre oh, there it is. <laughs> okay. So this is page 20 and 21, I believe. Mm -hmm. um, this is the thesis, single to mingle. All right. <laughs> Wow. So can you explain this to us a bit? What can you tell us about this? How can we understand this? There's the word atomization. <laughs> so it's about atomizing a mass, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, well, the whole concept other than break down the mass, it's the program of this building is a museum. But when everyone goes into the museum, they only focus on the art. Okay. But actually, building architecture is the art itself. Right. So with the different mass, different little rooms that I broke down and put it back together and creates a little maze within the building. So when you walk through, you actually get lost. You see walls, corners, and different different materials that I interrupt within the space. Right. You look at the building, look at the interior, and then you look at the art yeah so everything is art within this building when you walk through it it's interesting because you know you changed your thesis topic from angles lights and colors to this single yeah. and ready to mingle but one of the first things that comes to my mind is definitely angles yeah uh, obviously light because light is everything right and mm -hmm. then yeah i guess maybe not so much colors in this one but definitely it's full of angles right and yeah the initial idea was to erase angle now for this one i introduced angles i know yeah <laughs> right oh my goodness what was the process like to figure out this final rendition here i think for me i always like to set myself rules for mm. a certain rules i have to follow when i'm designing okay those There's, constraints are important for yeah, creativity yes uh one of the instructors that i had he, I think he said he's kind of an art and poet in Sciarc. And there's one day he told me, he's like, Ruby, architecture is not a mathematical problem. Mm. You don't have to set. Stop being so Asian. <laughs> he's like, you don't have to set everything for yourself. You can just be free. Some of the design doesn't have to have a reason as long as it looks nice. But I guess I couldn't really break through it. Mm. So in this, my final project, I set up a grid. So everything that you see. Oh, it's like a 3D grid. Yeah. You see it from as 2D, but when you, when I'm trying to form it, it's 3D. Okay. So you started with a, a 2D grid. Yeah. And then manipulated it in a 3D space. Yeah. A lot of my project has grid. I need to figure out why. <laughs> I don't know why. I know. We need to do some deep psychotherapy now. I know. <laughs> but you see, you see Sark's website, even the the president now, Hernan Diaz Alonso, yes. his stuff has no grid, I think. Everything oh. is organic. It's alien-like. Most of them doesn't look as buildable as concepts. Mm. That's the focus why I applied for Sark, but I didn't end up doing anything like that. 
I gave myself grids and squares. <laughs> oh, that's interesting. So when you applied to psych, it was because of this inspiration. Yeah, because I wanted of this to do radical kind of breaking out of your personality. As yeah, we were talking about. Yeah, I had I had a chance to pick Hernanda as my instructor one semester. Wow! But I chickened out. Yeah, because <laughs> I know I'm gonna freaked out because I I cannot do anything that's just for no reason. Or in my head, that there's no reason for something that can only be pretty. I'm curious if you had chosen Hernan. Yeah. What do you think would have happened? Looking back on it now, obviously it's in retrospect. But what do you think? You think you would have literally just freaked out and even maybe dropped out or whatever, or <laughs> you think you would have actually been able to kind of break through and maybe even become a different architect now? That is true. I think I don't know. I'm. I might freak out and ended up enjoying it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I will never quit. It's too expensive to quit. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Face your parents back yeah, in Taiwan, so you, yeah. you can't quit basically. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, that's interesting. I never really thought about what I will. Yeah, because he's look, you know he's like. he's the superstar, right? I mean, he's the president of the school yeah. as well, and has very very conceptual kind of designs. And yeah, it would have definitely been a great challenge to you, yeah. right? Whether you you know extremely challenge <laughs> challenge for me, extremely good challenge. Yeah, yeah, and I guess that's a good part of SciArt because we have all kinds of styles of instructors that you get to pick. Oh, and I think fourth year and fifth year, two semesters, we can pick. Uh, instructors ourselves. You will be mixed with grad students in Whoa. one class. Okay. Yeah. So it was interesting. It was fun. That's uh, amazing. And yeah. The first day of school, the instructor come to the lecture hall and kind of do a presentation of what their idea of the semester is gonna be. Mm. And after that, we send in our ranking of which instructor we want to go with. Mm. And then the next day or the afternoon, we get to see which class we got selected in. Mm. Yeah. Do you think other of your classmates also had this similar problem, or do you feel like kind of students who are attracted to SciArc or get accepted to SciArc are ones that are already like very unconventional, so to speak, very abstract, avant-garde, you know, kind of pushing those boundaries? Uh, did you feel like you're kind of the only one, or do you think that this is actually quite common among these students and? It's really like a great training ground to be able to find those, you know, more creative aspects of yourself. I'm not sure. I never talked about talked you about didn't this so much. No, <laughs> so the the topic is just ironic. Yeah, <laughs> super ironic. <laughs> but yeah, I don't I don't know if anyone struggles like me. Mm. Not sure. Okay, so let me get into that a little bit. Just, I'm curious. We kind of alluded to it, right? Do you think it has to do with your high school education? Do you think it it's even larger than that, where it's just kind of Taiwanese or Chinese culture, or do you think it was also maybe because of your family as well? Because I think your brother is very similar in a lot of ways. Oh, really? <laughs> I don't oh, know. Sorry, we might have to edit that out. Sorry, Eldon. Ah, it's okay. Leave it in. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't want to say everything is because of the education, mm. but I think my personality really plays a lot in the situation. I don't know what parts of my personality we need to get. I need to go go to therapy. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I'm not. I'm not really sure. Mm. But I always feel like it's my personality. Is it about control? Is yeah. It, oh yeah. 
Yeah. You think it's about control? I think so. Okay. Just always kind of knowing what to expect, mm-hmm. having those boundaries and rules and control and SOP and yeah. other kind of things, right? Feels more, yeah, controlled. And comfortable. Mm, comfortable, yes. Right, yeah. Okay. And then, but for you, it's really interesting because, you know, you like those kind of boundaries, those constraints and other kind of things. But what I alluded to before, which is, in my opinion, I think that's actually essential for creativity, in Mm -hmm. my personal opinion. I mean, because there's nothing that's absolutely infinite, right? Like, you know, even the greatest painters, they need a canvas, right? Um, We need some kind of constraints within which to just kind of explode and become infinite, right? Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I really see that in your work where these grids, which I can see on the left side here, you can actually see the mini grid in the, the background, <laughs> right? But yeah. then on the right, oh, did you not do that on purpose? No, no, I did it on <laughs> okay, purpose. Okay, okay. <laughs> yeah, and then on the right, it's all white, and you can really see kind of this final 3D rendering, and you would never maybe guess that, you know, it comes from this kind of structure, mm-hmm. but it's really absolutely beautiful. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. Say more. Yes. Keep going. <laughs> right. This was your final uh, project. And then after graduating, you said you went into the real world and got a job immediately. Yeah. So I interned in multiple firms throughout my summer break. And one of the firm that I interned in LA, the architect asked me to go back right after I graduate. So I started maybe almost a month right after I graduate and then, yeah, go into the real world yeah. of architecture. Wow. <laughs> after five years. After of, five years. Yeah. Studying for a architecture degree. So, yeah. What was that like working for two years in Los Angeles? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're living the American dream in, in a lot of ways in California. <laughs> where in California or where in Los Angeles was the office? It's in Los Angeles, near Beverly Hills. Oh. Probably in Beverly Hills. Yeah. Okay. Fancy. Fancy. Super fancy. (laughs) Traffic was pain. Yeah. (laughs) That wasn't so fancy. Nope. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. So how did that feel? Like living in Beverly Hills, working in Beverly Hills? What kind of projects also were you kind of working on? It's different than what I experienced in Taiwan. The buildings there, since they have bigger property, bigger land, more empty lot. I think the main project that we get in the LA office was single family. So like more luxurious type. Mm. The clients, they bought the lot and they come to us and to say they want to build a a house for themselves. Yeah. Mm. So it's more free than doing than what I had experienced now. Since the client comes to us themselves, they pick us for our style. Mm. So we get to do whatever we want. Not whatever we want, but then right. with our styles and mm. with the freedom that we have. With that buildings, we more budget to do more design stuff, form stuff, and more interesting, nicer material, nicer window system, everything like that. It was fun. Mm. And since we're we're just a little firm, there's only five, four of us. And so we get to do whatever we want. We get to control the phase, control the, the process. We talk to a client, the subcontractor, contractor, everything like that. We go to the city. We run through the code ourselves. It was fun. Wow. Yeah. So right after I graduate, I jumped right in with professional stuff. Yeah. That's a really great experience, right? Yeah. 
So looking back on that, I'm sure you don't regret it, but like, how do you think your life would have been different if you entered like one of these larger architectural firms, right? Because yeah, that's always a dilemma, right? For students, new graduates, it's like, where should I go work? Yeah. And it's a choice, right? I think for me, I like a, I like smaller firms because I, from the experience that I had with the internship, I get to control and learn the whole project at once. I've never been into a, a corporate firm, mm -hmm. so I can only hear what people have been saying about the bigger firms. It's that you you will be stay in one phase of certain projects and then you become really good at that. Mm -hmm. And every time you just uh, was stuck into that, like the CD phase, construction design phase, and every project that comes in needs construction design, you have to go and help. Right. So right. that's what I heard. So I'm not really sure. Mm -hmm. But then the, the smaller firm that I was in, we do everything. We do start from conceptual. We do code. We run the permit. And then we go into CD, DD, mm. and then construction itself. Since we're involved with a smaller project, so I think it runs faster in a way. Mm -hmm. Not all the project runs fast, but we get to see every project. How do you manage it? That's really great experience for one day opening up your own architectural firm. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. Was it all residential projects? Mostly. I helped to wrap up one um, interior design for a commercial building, commercial interior, mm. like a, a dentist's office. office. Right. Yeah. But otherwise, mostly kind of these residential, yeah, mostly big residential. budget, um, yeah. dream homes for rich people in LA. Yeah. Wow. That's super fun. It's, it was fun. <laughs> yeah. Do you think that this opportunity exists in Taiwan? I think there is, but really little, I think. Limited. Yeah, limited. Yeah. Since the land is limited as well. Exactly. Yeah. Budget wise, people in LA just more crazy. Different level. I know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in Taiwan, people with that much money will just uh, live right across the street here. Yeah, <laughs> right at the at the top. That's it, you know. But nicer apartment. Exactly. Yeah, but not like try to make this amazing house. Mm -mm. I don't think so. Yeah, space is limited, and then also earthquakes. Even though California actually has a lot of earthquakes yeah. as well, right? It's the same Pacific Rim, but it must be a bigger challenge here, I guess. I think so. Yeah. yeah. So after these two years of living in L.A. and working, you know, for this smaller architectural firm, why did you decide to leave? Because I know I never really want to stay outside of Taiwan for too long because mm. I wanted to be closer to families because I know I wanted to do ar architecture in Taiwan. So I feel like I need to know more about the field, get used to it, get used to the labor, mm. <laughs> the working hour before I'm 30. Yeah. So right, right, right now I'm 28, 29. Wow. Oh. <laughs> I'm 29. <laughs> so I moved back 2019 okay. or 2020, I forgot. Oh, right around COVID. Yeah. I came back Yeah, during right COVID. Before, oh, you did. Okay. Yeah. So I started working in a firm in Taiwan. It kind of mirrors your high school experience, right? Yeah. You were there for a while and then you return to yeah, Taiwan. Yeah, reverse. <laughs> yeah. And then exactly. So now, but this one is potentially a larger cultural shock, right? Because it's five years of undergrad plus two years of professional experience and really hands-on, you know, getting to really understand all aspects of the process, yeah. right? So, yeah, was there also some kind of like reverse culture shock and also being away from Taiwan for so long? I guess you visited, but, you know, from living in the States for so long, 
How did you feel when you came back after seven years? Living wise, there's no shock, I、mm. think, or maybe I just haven't realized it. Blocked But, it out. <laughs> everything. <laughs> <laughs> But then the firm that I'm working for right now, the the architect, he graduated from Harvard, and then he has a firm in Germany.、Mm. So I think his style is not super Taiwanese. I think、right. okay. I, I never experienced other. More local firm, but、mm-hmm. in a way, I feel like it's a little similar than what I had experienced in LA. So he's very international. So yeah, you didn't have to feel like a abrupt kind of culture shock. Yeah, working wise, not really,、mm. but、uh, architecture wise, I, yeah, a lot of big shock. <laughs> yeah, coming from a single family that you luxurious building, coming back to do. High-rise building apartments. It was really different. Yeah, back actually to those constraints, right? Yeah, and yeah. everything I learned about architecture, I use it. I learned it in English, and so coming back using Mandarin Chinese with everything, even numbers from inches, feet to、mm. centimeter and meter, it was hard. Right. Not only those normal translations and calculations, but also even more、uh, alien ones like Ping. Yeah,、right? yeah, yeah. I have, still have no idea how you, how, to, <laughs> how to get what where that came from.、Right? Yeah, like where the f- I have to memorize <laughs> it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Can you explain ping to people who, because you know, I had no idea of this concept until I came to Taiwan, and then I'm like, what is this ping that everyone's talking about? Like, what what does it mean? Is it like feet? Is it feet squared, meter squared? Like, what is it? But to be honest, I still don't really still know. Don't. <laughs> A lot of the time when I'm reading the code, I have to think in inches and feet. Oh,、okay. I'm still trying to trying to. So you think in English first, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. In American English, actually, right? Yeah, yeah. American English first. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Not even the metric system. You、mm-hmm. actually think it. <laughs> wow.、No. And then you have to just go and translate everything. Yeah. And that has to do with everything, right? I everything. Mean, like codes and everything. Like that's all you were trained in, and that's all you know. Yeah. Even、right. reading codes, I'm trying to take the license test right now.、Mm. Reading codes was pain in the ass. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah, we talked about that last time you came. So the famous test, kind of like the bar exam for lawyers, right in the states, is called ARE, right? Yeah. The R or ARE test. ARE, yeah. ARE. Okay, the ARE test, which basically licenses you to become a licensed architect.、Right? Yeah. Yeah, so it's a pretty, I guess, infamously difficult test. Yes. Anyways, yeah, I believe it has six different divisions. Yeah, six different subjects for the ARE, and I, there's too many states in the America, so every state has their own subject. California, you have to take one for California, and that includes earthquake. Oh, that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. So、course. there's seven subjects for California. And others, day I never really look into it. But okay,、yeah. right. So here it says、uh, practice management, project management, programming and analysis, project planning and design, project development and documentation, and then finally there's a division called construction and evaluation. So you have、yep. to take these six different parts. The pass rates here, we're looking at the pass rates, and they all hover around fifty percent. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not an easy test. And I think most people will fail multiple times. Very similar, I think, to the bar exam where very few people pass on their first try. But this test is interesting because you can actually pass kind of piecemeal, right? Yeah. Part by part. Yeah. So it's more reasonable compared to Taiwan because the ARE test, you can take each subject separately and right. you can you can take it anytime Um as long as there is an open slot. In Taiwan, it's once a year. And once you have to take six subjects. Well, you don't have to take all six at once. You can separate into years, but then... But then you have only to wait a whole a year. another year. Yeah, it's once a year. It's so Asian. <laughs> yeah. Right? It's so Asian. It's like... Super Asian. Yeah. So Taiwanese, so Chinese. It's like just once a year. Yeah. Your whole life depends on this. Yeah. And you fail and you're just miserable for the next year. Yeah. And then redo it again. <laughs> yep. Are there any other differences between the Taiwanese test and the ARE? The Taiwanese test, it's six subjects as well, mm. but two of them is hand draw. And one you have to draw for four hours, the other one is eight hours. So the whole day. Oh, that's so crazy. I know. And the, the, the one in the US, the ARE, there's n- everything is digital. You use computer to do everything. There's no hand draw. And I think, in my opinion, because I studied for both before, it's more reasonable. It's more realistic in yeah, a sense you don't exactly. have to memorize a lot of stuff and there's always a final answer instead of taiwan the drawing one it depends on the jury if they like your style if they think yeah if out of all the students your style it's better or it's more clear your handwriting is better then you have a higher rate to pass that is so weird yeah and in the u.s is if you pass the score if you pass 60 i think you'll pass no matter what and you know right away because there is a final answer for sure there is specific answer there is no that's so ironic right because we're talking about the freedom in the states you Mm -hmm. know for all of these process but then the test it's very clear clear cut with very clear rules taiwan on the other hand is very constrained in many ways a culture right but then the test, it's very subjective. It is, and yeah. It's, Super. It's so ironic. It's like flipped. It is. <laughs> yeah. Why, why do you think that is? So why do you think Taiwan has this system where it does seem very subjective and, mm-hmm. and possibly unfair, right? Where it's based on how your drawing looks to yeah. these, a panel of judges or whatever so only these two subjects is subjective like this okay. the other four the other four uh, there is specific answer as well right multiple questions but then i heard i'm not sh- i think maybe it's a conspiracy mm, nice <laughs> conspiracies are fun yeah i i heard they're trying to control how many people pass per year oh yeah because there's an interest yeah. it's pretty packed with architect in taiwan i think because oh. there's hundreds of people trying to pass the test every year. Of and course. Yeah, and I think the passing rate is super low. Okay, even lower than this. Yeah, 50%. lower than this, for sure. Oh, much lower. Yeah, much lower. Okay. Oh, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. The gatekeepers of architecture in Taiwan. Yeah, all those older generation of architects are trying to. That's that <laughs> sounds very Taiwanese in a lot of ways. Yeah. <laughs> yes. The older generation holding down the young people. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> oh wow. Okay. So yeah. So as you mentioned, you are preparing for this right now. Yeah. So you never. To. Yeah. You never took the ARE in the states because I, I oh. took 
two separate subjects. Okay. Yeah, but just to kind of experience. I didn't pass any. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but I experienced it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. So it, how was it? Was it very difficult? It's more, um, like I said, it's more realistic. Like the subject that I took, the programming and analysis, okay. it actually gives you a site and whatever the client wants and the code, it gives you all the documents hmm. and you have to read through it and it gives you an empty space on the screen and you move in the programs oh. in, in different specific questions. It will oh, say, wow. if the client wants this, how would you organize the site? And what do you mean by programs? You move in the programs. Like what? if the client is trying to build a kindergarten, okay. then I have to see where the main street is, where the parking is, where the kids playgrounds and things like that oh but you have to you have to read through the codes and read through the the client's needs but then in taiwan it's like uh the situation is like this and what does the code set and which option is right that's yeah variation yeah it's like just understand the rules yeah what is the rule and what is it yeah but i think in in the u.s is more you have to use it instead of memorizing instead it. of memorizing you have it, to understand it how to use it and yeah. why and when right yeah yeah Exactly. Okay. So now you are actually taking a break from work yeah. from that little architectural firm here in Taiwan, mm -hmm. uh, in Taipei, very close to here to prepare yeah. for this Taiwanese test. Have you taken it yet? I took it once last year. I took all six subjects just to experience how the whole three days is going to be like. Oh, three days. Yeah. Three whole days. It's like a marathon Yeah. in a row. <laughs> in a row. Six subjects, two subjects, no, three subjects on the first day, okay. two on the second date, and then the third date is the eight-hour drawing. Eight-hour drawing on yeah. the third day. Third day. Wow. Okay. So how was this marathon? It was, well, the last day was draining, cause, but mm. the time passed so fast because eight hours, you're super you're focused. Yeah. yeah. I'm focusing on finish one A1 size drawings. Okay. Yeah. And everyone is doing the same thing and you're trying to be competitive in a way. Wow. So you all have like a same question yeah. or project. Yeah. Everyone has the same question. The jury, not jury, the... the Proctor? The person who walks around the room? Yeah. And, mm. He will walks around the whole eight hours. And the experience that I had, I think he, he himself was comparing or judging Oh, themselves right. I, I don't think they they they're involved with the final score okay not at all but then you get to see who he who he's really checking out yeah like wow yeah throughout the whole eight hours yeah oh jeez. it wasn't fun <laughs> <laughs> i see so is it similar to the u.s test where you can pass or fail certain sections yeah okay yeah if i has one subject that subject i can keep for three years okay so throughout so three years i have to pass all six or right. else i have to retake the first one that i pass it's like a rolling clock right as long as you can get all six done within that three year oh it's basically four because the first year you take all six and you pass one and oh, that you can yes. keep for three okay so four year i see okay so how were your results from the first time around it's more of an experience for me. <laughs> Good way to say it. Yeah. Yep. She didn't quite block it out, but it was a nope. great experience. Yeah. Too soon to block it out. Yeah. Maybe next year, ask me again. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so how is this test preparation going right now? You are literally in the middle of it right now. I know. I just came straight from the cram school. 
Oh. And I have to, I'm going back later, right after this. Really? Yeah. Hold on. Is there like a architecture bushibang? Oh. Yeah, there is. No. There, there's multiple ones. Oh, wow. And I just go there, take classes, study for subjects. Yeah, it's just like regular Asian bushibang, you know. You just memorize stuff. Yeah. Teacher just tells you this is what you have to remember. Like blah, he, blah. he went through all the codes and say this is more likely to be tested or wow. this is important how to do the calculations. This is how the structure works. Huh. Yeah. How do you find this process? Is it helpful? It's some subject. It's helpful. Mm. Uh, like I never learned anything about architecture in Mandarin, mm. so it's it's easier for me to get into it. Even though if I the license for me is not necessary mm. in a way to do architecture. But then it's good to to know all aspects of it. Right. Yeah. Okay. So you said it's not necessary for you to do architecture because, yeah, obviously you can just work in a firm. That's yeah. no problem. But yeah. the main thing is that if you get this license, you could become an independent yeah. architect and start your own firm or yeah. a company and say, you know, I'm an architect. And call myself an architect. Right, exactly. Which is the dream. <laughs> that is the dream. That is the dream. Okay, so yeah. So what is your dream for the future in terms of architecture? Do you have this ideal kind of image or maybe a timeline of when to start the Ruby Woo architecture <laughs> firm? To be honest, I don't really know because mm. compare, I think... The architect here in Taiwan and architect in that I see experience in LA, it's different. I feel that, like the responsibility is different. It's all important, but then here in Taiwan, the architect has to bear have to have the responsibility for their whole life. One building, they have to have it for their whole life. If sixty years later the code change and something happens to your building that you built sixty years ago and something happened, you'll have to go to jail or get sued for it. Which I think it's <sighs> It's really not reasonable. Even though I know building is supposed to protect people, but then what if the code change and nothing is supposed to, to be last hundred years where right, so right. many years. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So architects shouldn't live long. That's the... <laughs> that too? <laughs> <laughs> just make some amazing buildings, you know, make a lot of money, get some awards and just die. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hope not. <laughs> <laughs> That's not in your dream? That's not no. <laughs> Okay, wait. So, yeah, actually, I know about this rule, especially from a real estate perspective, because, yeah. yeah, I'm quite interested in real estate and have family and friends in that business here in Taiwan. So I knew or I thought that developers are kind of on the line for these kind of things. But you are saying that it's the architect or do they kind of share that responsibility? I think in all kinds of situations, people push around their responsibility. That's very, yeah. Yeah. And That's then very common. Yes. For I think for building, architect is always the one that has their name on it with the developer. But then for getting the permit and everything on the record, it's That's the architect. True. Yeah. Yeah. And then a lot of the contract, the structure engineer or civil engineer is under the architect. Oh, they're under the architect. So the architect has to share responsibility with them. I think that's why the, the license test subject has so many different smaller details in different fields that mm -hmm. we have to understand. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Just to protect your own butt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I mean, but why is that? I mean... Yeah, that seems overly harsh, right? Yeah. Like 60, 70, 80 years down the line and something happens. Or yeah, like you said, even something really small like 
politics comes mm-hmm. in, right? So the building code changes. Yeah, why do you think Taiwanese law is like that? Do you have any idea about that? Is that like a relic of some older kind of need or concept? I'm not sure, and I'm not sure if the code in U- the U.S. works like this. When I was working there, I never heard about the lifetime guarantee, guarantee thingy. Right? Yeah. yeah, maybe there is, but I never heard of it. I doubt it. I have no idea. Yeah, I was really surprised when I heard that. I was like, "Whoa, what? That doesn't so you, make sense." You much knew sense. that before. No, I only knew it here. When I came here, I knew that from from the real estate side. I heard that we are responsible for mm-hmm. this, even like fifty years down the line. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, whoa, that's crazy. It is. It makes sense in some ways, but it just seems like there needs to be a relook at this. Yeah. You know? So that kind of hesitate me for opening up my own firm. Yeah. Which I, I want it, but I'm not sure if I have the heart to bear that big of a responsibility for my whole life for one building. Because I just feel like that would exactly like you are saying, like discourage great architects from practicing architecture here, especially if it's only in Taiwan, right? That has this kind of interesting guarantee. Neither of us actually know, so um, maybe it's like that in other countries. I have a doubt, you know, that that's true. But if it really is only Taiwan, then I would think it would really discourage architects from setting up shop here, right? I think so. Yeah. And like for me, that's part of the reason. Yeah. So, I mean, you mentioned that, you know, you came back here because you always knew you wanted to kind of practice architecture here. And Mm -hmm. of course, Taiwan is your home. Your family is here. Family is important to you. So that all makes sense. But yeah, now that, you know, you're grappling with this, if you pass the test, hopefully soon. Mm -hmm. (laughs) uh, Yeah. This November. November. Okay. This November, you will pass the test, of course. And then when you pass the test, that responsibility becomes real. Yeah. Right. Well, I don't have to put my name on any buildings right away. Sure. I I don't think anyone will let me put my my names on the buildings. (laughs) But then that gives me more opportunity to think more about it, opening my own firm. Exactly. I guess you could ask your boss, right? He might be a really great person to ask about that because you said he has an office as well in Germany. Yeah. So, yeah, it would be really interesting to hear what that difference is. Or maybe it's like that everywhere. Maybe. Maybe I'll ask my boss in L.A. First. Yeah, true. Interesting. So I also remember when we talked last time that you have some experience in Japan as well. Yeah. So I interned in Japan after second year. So going to third year. The okay. summer I went to Japan to have an internship. So I interned for an architect called Junya Ishigami. He's a newer generation architect. He does a lot of the building that looks conceptual, but is buildable, which is mm. why I went there. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah, that's like a perfect mix of yeah. your experience at SciArc. He has a insane structure engineer. He's really good at making stuff possible. Possible, yeah. Yeah, so how important is a structural engineer? Oh, everything. <laughs> there is so many meme online that's showing architect is doing crazy stuff with our happy face on it. And the structural or civil engineer is just like, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Not again. <laughs> exactly. They're trying to control the ambition of the architect. Yeah. But the architect's a boss, right? Yeah. Do it. Build it. You even, can do it. If, even in LA, we're doing single family. The structure engineer where it comes back with the initial design of their structure locations. Mm. And my boss, he will 
look at it and be like, can we do this? Can we remove this? Can we make it longer, spend it longer? Constantly challenging the structural engineer and pushing engineer. their limits as yeah. far as you can. Yeah. Yeah. And but then bear their responsibility afterwards. Yeah, exactly. Push yeah. them, but then at least in Taiwan, it's all falls on you anyway. In, in LA too. Because oh. in contract, most of the contract, the structure engineer and civil, it's under our name, right, under right. our contract. There's separate different um, contract styles. Okay. So how was this experience? Uh, how long did you stay in Japan and where in Japan did you stay? The office is located in Roppongi. Roppongi, yes. Yay. Very uh, fancy. Again, oh, so you go from Beverly Hills to Roppongi. Yes. You're fancy. Roppongi first and then Beverly Hills. Oh, uh, yeah, that's true. Right, yeah. right, 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 right. So yeah. all, all high-end area, mm -hmm. super, super expensive. Very expat. Yeah, yeah. very international. Roppongi. Yeah. yeah. At night, Roppongi is an eye-opening for me. Oh, <laughs> yes. The office working hour, like when I applied, they re email back and says our working hour is from 10 a.m. to 12 a.m. 12 a.m. Right, a.m., right? And they're 10 like 10 a.m. to 12 a.m. Yeah, no pay. If you can take this, then come and intern for us. I was like, hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hell yeah. I want to be a slave. Yeah, totally. No way. Model slave. That is models. like probably illegal. It, he, he, he was on a super big news in, in the architecture thingy a few years back. Oh, really? A few years after I interned for him because he won a architecture competition. And then I think the intern came out and said they're not paid and their working hour is crazy and oh, things like so that. Oh, so there yeah. was a scandal about this. There was, there was. Okay, yeah. And then, the, and then I think the interns that work on that project end up got paid, I believe. But okay. not me, because I didn't work on that project. Oh, and you didn't complain enough. <laughs> nope. <laughs> I was like, just for your name, Junya Ishigami, on my resume, that's enough. <laughs> that's enough. And I will bear all pain. Yeah. 10 a.m. to 12 a.m. Yeah. But then maybe because we're not paid, so they're more free. Mm. We can come in later. We can leave early. Then They never really complained or say anything about it. Okay. So actually, once you get there, it's pretty lenient. Yeah. And pretty free yeah so what were some kind of interesting projects or interesting things that happened there before i applied i really like one of this project is located let me open my cheat sheet yes kanagawa university kanagawa university yes yeah. like close to yokohama maybe yep <laughs> <laughs> so he has two projects in that university one it's for the workshop and the other one is newer which is for the plaza i work on the plaza model briefly is and it this one right here yeah okay and then so it's crazy well, I forgot to look into the material or the structure. I mean, because it looks, this image, it's Junya Ishigami, and we are looking at his plaza for the Kanagawa Institute of Technology. It's a photograph from above, and yeah. it looks like just this flat, it's not flat, but like curvilinear plane with a bunch of squares cut out yeah. of it possibly windows but it actually looks like they're kind of open holes yeah it's just open holes i believe when they work on this models he's really strict on the location of the openings he doesn't want when you look at the ceiling the roof he doesn't want any windows to be aligned okay. at least three of them cannot be aligned so at least three of them cannot be aligned yeah when you look at it it cannot be a straight line 
with any three with any three oh so constantly when we're making a model we just cut out the foam for the openings stick it back in move, move it to around. another yeah the whole time i was there oh really yeah That's... it was interesting to see how he's doing the design process yeah and everything is physical model physical model very detail oriented yeah also very like wabi-sabi that aesthetic yeah yeah huh and another building in the same institute, it's the one that's full of, uh, the one below, full this of one. columns. Okay. So the building before, there's no columns throughout the whole space. Yeah. It's all supported and be played by the structure engineer with, with the structure of the roof. That looks so crazy. Yeah, it I, looks I really like need to go. It defies gravity. Yeah. And the other building is there's full of columns and all the columns are less than half an inch or less than one inch thick less than one inch columns made out of and you said you don't steel. i think oh, this one steel. is steel okay the other one i'm <laughs> not sure that is super interesting yeah he has a lot of very cool work yeah yeah and it looks like he really loves this motif this theme of you know kind of holes i guess for lack of a better term i mean it's very geometric as well right his design yeah. i feel like and there's a lot of kind of geometric patterns like rectangles, but there's also these kind of free-formed mm -hmm. shapes as well. Did he ever talk about or did you ever learn about kind of his philosophy behind these design choices, these aesthetics? No, the whole time we were there, he never talked to any interns. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Maybe that's super... Super. He didn't talk to the slaves. Nope. <laughs> Only the last day of my work, he came and talked to me and asked Just me if I'm okay. <laughs> yeah. So I, I ended my internship short because I, like my experience as an exchange student, I hurt, I got hurt. <laughs> you got hurt. I got, I fell on the escalator. So I had to end my intern journey short. No way. So you stopped this journey because of another Injury. UFC fight. <laughs> yep, I, I fought the escalator. So, okay, so your second bout mm -hmm. as a professional fighter, mm -hmm. the first one was this big, tall, white girl from South Carolina. Yeah. <laughs> and, and you lost? I lost. Yeah, and this second bout was with a machine. Yeah. It was with an escalator. Yep, and I lost again. And you lost again. You're 0 for 2 now. <laughs> yeah <laughs> so what what happened how did you how did this fight play out with the escalator it was a site visit to one of the buildings in kanazawa actually okay. kanagawa kanagawa right? yeah then yeah i was just running i don't know why but i was running on the escalator and i was holding my backpack with the straps okay both hands so when i fell i couldn't embrace myself with <gasps> my hands Ooh. so i fell face down face first into the the steps of the escalator like that sharp edge yeah sharp edge oh that's scary but this time my glasses was fine you're good <laughs> <laughs> but my face got caught really yeah oh, it was bad i went to the emergency room and since it's a smaller town i guess the nurse there don't really speak english right and i couldn't speak japanese either so it was hard to communicate Oh, wow. But then right at, right the next day, the secretary of Junya Ishigami, she took me to get restitches again by the plastic surgeon. Oh, no yeah, way. I was fortunate enough to get a, to get a restitches. So you got plastic surgery in Japan. Yep, yep. 
<laughs> which is quite expensive. Oh yeah, it Girls was Girls travel there, you mm -hmm. know, just for that. So mm -hmm. you are the envy of a lot of women. So in some way I won. <laughs> exactly. I got I died plastic surgery. <laughs> okay. So because of this, the your second defeat, you mm -hmm. had to leave Japan. Yeah, I had to leave early. So you were planning to stay for how much longer? For um, at least a w one more month. Okay, I see. Yeah. Huh. And then <laughs> return to Sayark and continue school. Yeah. I see. But what, how was this experience working in Japan? I think it's mainly that I get to travel around mm. Japan more to look at architecture. I even schedule a day off just to go through uh, one of the, my favorite architects. Kenko Kuma's building. Oh, yes. Yeah. He's a master of architecture and also has quite a few works here, right? Yeah. In Taiwan. Which uh, building in Japan? Um, one of my favorite is the Asakusa Cultural and Tourism Center. Okay. Uh, yeah, the first one. This first one, it is the Kengo Kuma Asakusa Cultural and Tourism Center in Asakusa, Tokyo, right? Yeah. So tell us about this building. For people who can't see it, how would you describe this? So on the outside, pretty straightforward. It has, it looks like several different mass building-like mm. buildings stacked on top of each other. And each of them looks like it has its own roof. Yeah. But yeah. in interior, everything is basically connected and with the floor plates inside the building. It's pretty nice to walk around in there. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, and his, I think his famous of his woodwork, like the wood joint that's traditional Japanese looks like. Like this kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I think he also designed the Whitestone Gallery in Nehu. There's a art museum in Nehu that I think it's a Japanese gallery that's kind of international Japanese gallery. Mm -hmm. um, and I believe he designed that as well. Um, let's see. Yeah, this one. Mm -hmm. I, haven't, yeah. I haven't been here yet, but... I I've heard never been it. either. Yeah, I only seen the pictures. Yeah, we have to go check this out. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, what do you like about Kengo Kuma? I just like how delicate his older work is mm. with the work with the wood joints and how crazy it looks, how complicated it looks. Mm. Yeah, mm -hmm. more of the aesthetic sides. This one looks like a big Jenga puzzle. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it looks fun, but also. Yeah, with these kind of traditional artisanal factors that Japanese would work where there's usually no kind of nails or yeah. other kind of things. It's really just like a puzzle, but fits perfectly. Looks like it, but I'm not sure if the actual construction for this is. Right, exactly. Yeah. Especially in Japan with a lot of earthquakes. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Huh. Okay, maybe let's talk kind of broadly and generally. Who are your favorite architects? I listed... Two, but there is more than two, of course. <laughs> but other than Kengo Kuma, I listed Frank Gehry. Okay, Frank Gehry. I like his older work as well, I think. So like right after I landed in LA, my friend and I, we went to Frank Gehry's house just oh. to drive by. We wanted to see <laughs> if he's there. Oh, really? Because he's... I actually did a model of his house back in high school. We had to pick a president an existing building to make a model out of it. Huh. You can Google his house in Santa Monica. Okay. Yeah. This one? Not the first one. This first one. Yeah. 
So wow. he, he actually bought a house in that neighborhood and then just built outside of it. From what I know, he got a lot of complaints because, you know, the HOA and things like that uh-huh. was complaining about his building looking different in that area. So we went, we drove there, we parked outside and we were like, should we go knock on the door and see if he's there? No so way. we went into his yard and like right when we we're trying to knock someone came out and we we're like oh my god shit we have to run <laughs> <laughs> so we ran like outside of his yard and he came out of the of his house and we're like oh no oh the god came out <laughs> yeah really and then he came and talked to us briefly oh really yeah because he's super close with the principal at, at that time eric owen moss okay yeah and he was like oh yeah we're i'm just going to have brunch with Eric Moss, Oh, interesting. Yeah, so first starstruck. <laughs> yeah, that's like your celebrity yeah. star. It's not Justin Bieber, but no. it's like Frank <laughs> Gary. <laughs> yeah, and to see the house that we we modeled back in high school in real life is just unreal. It's crazy because it's like super eclectic. Yeah. Right. And yeah, I think a lot of people will say it's very ugly. <laughs> yeah right that is the that that's is the consensus on yeah that's the complaint too <laughs> yeah because it's just like a hodgepodge it's like a traditional house in the back and then just a bunch of shells you yeah, know with material. like looks like corrugated iron or yeah it is I is think it so. yeah. okay and then like a mesh like, yeah mesh fence and wood looks like wood there framing. should be like a basketball court up here <laughs> but clearly it has no function <laughs> form didn't quite follow function here i'm not sure <laughs> well, i might have to go in <laughs> yeah exactly okay, invited so me next in, time please. next time you're gonna have to get inside yeah yeah <laughs> wow okay so what other frank gary works do you like um i'm gonna have to say uh, he's famous for the uh disney, disney concert hall yeah the disney concert hall in la he's also has i mean buildings everywhere of yeah. course but you know i was living in new york so there's quite a few skyscrapers yeah that's the very twisting, exactly twisting the twisting one frank gary seems to really love twists and turns yeah i there's a documentary of how he designed some of the buildings he used physical models as well in that documentary hmm. he just cut up papers folded put it in place and that's where the metal sheets Forms. oh really yeah just i'm not sure the full design process of him of his office but then from that documentary you see how he just manipulate the models just play with paper and shapes yeah the which is fluidity impressive. of these materials mm-hmm. hmm. when <laughs> you google frank gary and then go to google images you'll see a, a couple images of him uh sticking up a middle finger <laughs> Do, do you know why uh, about this? I don't know. I should know. I probably know, but yeah, I, I don't remember. We'll have to read this Guardian article. It looks like that will explain why he was uh, apparently pissed off at someone <laughs> or something. Maybe uh, too many Cyarch students knocking on their door. <laughs> yeah, probably st- stalking his house, and he's just like, <laughs> I'm one of them. <laughs> <laughs> but he was pretty nice when you met him. Yeah, it was nice. Luckily, luckily yeah, you guys luckily. went to Cyarch. Luckily, he has no firearms in his house. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> huh, okay. So this is what I'm curious about. And it's I guess it's, it's related to our topic earlier about these constraints in Taiwan. So what about 
Taiwanese architects. Are there any famous architects? From what I know, I don't believe a Taiwanese architect has ever won the Pritzker Prize, which is no. kind of the Nobel Prize of architecture, right? So, do you know of any kind of famous ones? I know some famous one, but I don't think I have a favorite here. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Wow. That's bad for me to say. Yeah. <laughs> I need to go look into that. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Or it's good. You will pass the test in November, and then and become be the someone's one exactly someone's we'll favorite architect. See you in ten years. <laughs> exactly. Everyone, remember this because you are listening to the future. Let's say Zaha Hadid Fingers of Taiwan. Crossed. I believe Zaha Hadid is the first female Pritzker Prize winner. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. She is. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. So Ruby Wu. We'll see. Will be the first Taiwanese Pritzker Prize winning. Fingers crossed. <laughs> Let's talk about that, Ruby Wu. What is your style? What is your philosophy? What is your thoughts? What is your wisdom or ideas about architecture? What is architecture to you?、Um, you were mentioning before, you know, that job in LA was awesome because these kind of rich people would come to your office and then just like pick out, you know, which designer they wanted to work with,、mm -hmm. right, based on their style, right? Yeah. So, yeah. So, what about you? Like, you know, when you're kind of pitching or your portfolio, if people look through your portfolio, what do you think is your style? Um, Style-wise, I'm still trying to figure it out、mm. since I'm still pretty fresh in the architecture field. But then I guess the dream is always, I think, for anyone that's doing design or anything work-wise, is for people to come because of your style、mm. instead of manipulating whatever they like. So I guess one day we'll see. Like compared to my favorite Frank Gehry and Kengo Kuma, even Ishigami, they're all so different. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll see one step at a time. Right. Yeah. And do you think that you want to do residential things, commercial things, or are you open to all kinds of genres, projects, and other kind of things? Is there something that you feel most comfortable with, or that you really love to design certain kind of spaces? Or in terms of right now, of course, it's housing,、mm. residential. But then, like the firm that I'm. That I'm working for right now, they're doing bigger scale residential.、Mm. So I'm still trying to figure it out to trying trying to learn different types of buildings、mm -hmm. to see what I really like. That's why I kind of switch to I pick a different firm to work with.、Mm -hmm. And so when I was applying for jobs, I didn't really constrain myself to only residential firm. Then maybe the next job that I will switch, maybe years later, it will be a bigger commercial firm, and we'll see. And what about Taiwan? Do you think that there is a lot of opportunity and those challenges that we kind of mentioned, you know, throughout the podcast in a lot of ways? Do you think that those are challenges that will kind of remain, or do you have hope that there will be, you know, a lot of change, including that thing we mentioned about、uh, regulations and other kind of things as well? So, how do you feel about the environment for architects and architecture and Urban design as well here in Taiwan. To be honest, I don't think it would change much since 
the older generation, it, it's been years of all these regulations to be here and everyone is used to it. Even the aesthetic here and what people is accepting. Mm. It, like right now, the Taipei Art Center, the oh. OMA one. Yeah. Yeah, that one. In Shiling. Yeah, yeah, that form, it's super different than what people are used to here. So there is different voices, different comments about that. So I feel like years later, people's range of acceptance mm. will be, the range will be bigger. Right. But the feel, I feel like the regulation and code and stuff, I don't think it will change. But mm. the aesthetic wise, people will start to change or be more accepting. So yeah, maybe as architects are kind of pushing those aesthetic boundaries yeah. here, maybe those regulations and other kind of things can follow. Yeah, I, I hope so. Since a lot of the national held old, um, competition, mm. a lot of them, they invited uh, architect and design from outside of Taiwan to do. Right now, a lot of buildings are have been built like the National Opera House in Taichung. Okay. Yeah, that one is by Toyo Ito, I believe, the Japanese okay. architect. Yep. Yeah. Like even the library in Tainan is by a Japanese architect. Mm -hmm. So there's, I think it's, they're starting to have a lot of different style of buildings coming in. So mm. we'll see, maybe one day Taiwanese architect will do something that's more playful and just trying to test the people's aesthetic sense. Right. We'll see. Yeah, as we talked about, I think there's so many Japanese architects who have left their imprint here, yeah. right? But I mean, it would be great if more and more Taiwanese can, you know, kind of have their own interpretation. Right? Yeah, because I feel like there is still a sense of uh, international firm is better, things like that. Then with their name on it, it's easier to sell. Yeah. Yeah, people will be more interested in, but hopefully that will change someday. And hopefully the newer generation of architect or designer can be more playful. Exactly. Play and push those boundaries. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay. So finally, we mentioned throughout the podcast that you love the UFC. <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> you are 0 for 2 so far in your major battles. We'll see. But why do you love UFC so much? Wow, we're getting deep. <laughs> <laughs> Well, my brother was the one that introduced me in, in UFC. Okay. I never really watched it. Maybe five years ago, I never watched it. Hmm. It's because of my brother. And I feel like a lot of times I watched it, so I have a common topic to talk to him to. Mm. That, that too, yeah. And then watching it, it's exciting in a way. And then I can talk to him and we... There's one time, like a few months ago, before he goes to the Philippines, we even go to a sports bar together. So that was fun. I remember that. Yeah, he texted you. Yeah, he texted me, <laughs> sent a picture, and that's the first time I've seen you live. Yeah. You were in the back waving. And I was like, oh, that's Ruby. Yeah, no way. She me. really likes it. She woke up on a Sunday morning and yep. traveled with her brother really early in the morning from Taoyuan all the way into Taipei. Yeah. Your brother literally did research to find a sports bar. Yeah. And you guys were there. And he also told me that you're pretty much the only people there. Yeah, I was <laughs> surprised because I, I feel like the, the list was pretty exciting. Yeah, I, it was a I great card. <laughs> yeah. I, really, I already forgot. I, I don't remember which card that was either. <laughs> yeah, but then surprisingly, there's no one. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah. I was watching that. For sure. I mean, I, I religiously watch every card, but um, but that one was a really good one. So yeah. I was like, oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah, I was surprised. Okay, so who is your favorite fighter in the UFC? Uh, Rose Namajunas. Oh, Thug yeah. Rose. Yeah. <laughs> of course. Yeah, her style. She's not a trash talking type. She's super calm and she's 
She's a killer. Yeah. She's a quiet, beautiful, yeah, beautiful killer thug. Thug Rose. It's like a perfect name. Yes. Perfect name. Yeah, she's my favorite. Oh, that's a good choice. Mm -hmm. She's an amazing fighter and a really interesting human too. Yeah. A lot of her anger, I guess, comes out from having like a really difficult life. I know. Yeah, and, her yeah. story is interesting. Yeah, interesting and inspiring in a mm -hmm. lot of ways. Yeah. Any male fighters? Let me think. I have one. Let me think about it. Yeah. Um. Wait. <laughs> wait. <laughs> I cannot think of a name out of like right now. Wow, I really forgot. Really? I haven't really watched USC for weeks. So there is a huge card coming up. Not this weekend, but the following weekend. Let me see. Next weekend, next Sunday here, at least in Taiwan. Uh, but it's actually in Abu Dhabi. So the time here is going to be terrible. It's going to be like 2 a.m. in <laughs> Taipei, in Taiwan. Um, but it's a huge, huge fight. Between yeah, the first, the main card. The main card, Charles Oliveira, yeah. the champ has a name. And Islam Makachev, yeah. Khabib's. Khabib's man, protege. So yeah, these ones are huge. This whole main card is absolutely amazing. But mm -hmm. Oh, you, the Sean O'Malley. He's, yeah, cra he's Sean, crazy now. <laughs> Sean really, Sugar O'Malley. Yeah. Sugar Show. Have you seen him fight? Yeah, I oh. seen, yeah. Well, he's not my favorite, but I, I seen him fight. Okay. You he's like more him. of the crazy type, like. Yeah, he's totally crazy. Yeah, yeah he's nuts. He's uh, the, the way he acts is physically and uh, the way he carries himself. Mm -hmm. And yeah, he's uh, he's a really great self promoter as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, outside of fighting, but yeah, yeah. but he's really a, a great fighter, and he's going up against Piotr Jan, who's a absolute Russian killer. <laughs> yeah, that fight's gonna be amazing, and yeah. so is the co-main between Aljermaine Sterling and TJ Dillashaw. They oh, hate each other. So yeah, yeah it's going to be a absolutely crazy, crazy battle, I think. Cannot wait for this card. So maybe we'll have to watch it together and send a video to your brother <laughs> in the Philippines and he will be extremely jealous. Yep, uh, I he think will. he's going to want to be there with us. But yeah, <laughs> we'll, we'll tease him a little bit. <laughs> I still cannot think of remember his name. Really? Yeah. You have a you have a fighter you really like. I do. I think I think I do. Conor McGregor. No, definitely no. not him. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Conor. Yeah, because of his personality, man. Okay, so what kind of personality you like? You like like a, I like a more quiet, sweet guy who just type. suddenly knocks you out. <laughs> yeah, like the escalator. <laughs> Huh. who is like the nicest there's one heavyweight that i really like but he i think he he retired uh stipe miocic he, yeah and another no? african-american one i think he went into weed, the weed company side the weed? A really huge guy well heavyweight he should be huge yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i really forgot his name um francis yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah i love him Wait, hold on. Did he go into the weed business? I think he, he, he didn't he didn't say it clearly, but I think I, re I read some article. Don't don't don't, <laughs> don't quote me on this. Don't quote me, please. Francis is gonna call us. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm okay, no no suing no. You guys. He's not he's not in that business, please. <laughs> we're joking. We're joking, Francis. Yeah, yeah, we're joking. Don't beat us up. But we yeah, have no I, idea. I like his personality because I think 
he also he, has an absolutely crazy story. Yeah. I think it's Cameroon, but he was uh, grew up in Africa and ran away from poverty, I believe. Um, went to London, I believe, and was even homeless for a while. Yeah. Just, yeah, just really, really hustling. And then found fighting because he's a enormous beast of a human being. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and really late, you know, he's not like these typical champs who yeah. are fighting their whole life to survive, but... I think he really just has that natural ability and power yeah. to just knock people up. Really out. fun to look at, to yeah, watch. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. He, yeah, he's a human specimen. He doesn't look human. He does. So huge. So enormous. <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the weed business, I was going to say, because that reminds me of Mike Tyson, the, uh, yeah, the boxer. But he, he's had quite a lucrative career, I believe, outside of boxing um, mm-hmm. in the weed business. He even had a podcast called Hot Boxing with Mike Tyson. Oh, sh- how do you know that? Well, Cause, good cause job. Because I, I listened to it. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. That's hilarious. I listen to a lot of uh, podcasts that talks about UFC. Really? Yeah. It's it's really interesting to listen to their stories and their training yeah, histories. Exactly. Yeah. Oh wow. Well, yeah. but then I still cannot remember any names. Right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Too much hot boxing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Whatever that is. We have no idea what that no is. Idea. But you know, whatever that is. Uh Sugar Sean O'Malley too. He's uh very very happy about the 420. About the, <laughs> yep. He's a proponent. Nate Diaz. Nate Diaz. Oh, Nate Diaz. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> it looks like you spent a little too much time in California. Mm-hmm. Me? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Experienced the American life. Yes, exactly. Didn't block that out? Nope. That's nope. still fresh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, we will wrap this up now. This fight in two weeks, we will definitely watch it and... Mm-hmm. And then hopefully in November, you will also have your first victory battling against the Taiwanese architecture license. Hopefully, hopefully. Hopefully. You will Six be triumphant. Rounds. Six rounds. Yeah, exactly. At least let me win one, please. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You just need to win one round yeah, at least. Just one. Yeah, that'll be that'll be huge. Yeah. I hope so. And we'll yeah. we'll celebrate. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you very much for coming in. And thank you very much for sharing your stories and talking with us about all of these passions of yours. Thank you for having me. Yes, of course. Hope you guys enjoy. (laughs) Yes. So thank you very much, everyone. We will see you next time. Until then, we are out. Peace. 